Welcome to episode 101 of the Never Iron Anything Comics Review podcast. This week, something quite different. In honour of the Orwellian numbering, which we've come upon this week, we've decided to talk about some books in our collection that we wouldn't want to be locked in a room with and give our reasons why. Joined on this nefarious journey is a regular co-host, Mr. Alan Henderson. How are you doing, Geezer? Greetings. Yes, these are the books that uh, if the house was on fire and you were running in and out of and, and, and saving the books, these are the ones you'd leave till last. <laughs> it's very true. Now, I only have, we're going to do three each, aren't we? I've only yep. actually got two of them and one of them I've only got digitally. Um, one of them actually I've only got because I work for the company. <laughs> well, I, I, I unfortunately have all three in front of me. Oh, yeah. I did have them yeah. on, but uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So this is going to be an interesting experiment, something um, that you, my good fellow, kind of floated by me last time we were chatting and we were sort of, oh, yes, how are we going to work that one? And it sort of turned out to be quite an interesting prospect. I've done, we've both done a little bit of work on it, but it's going to be different from yeah. previous weeks, isn't it? Yeah, so normally I would read the book from cover to cover and do some research for, you know, looking at the creators on YouTube and all that yeah. sort of stuff. This time I've, I've kind of... Flick through them to to reacquaint myself with the books, um, but it's quite funny because there was at least two of the books I when we, we said oh which books would we put into episode one hundred and one, <laughs> I um, they, they immediately jumped to mind. Um, so that in itself suggests to me you know I've got I, I carry baggage with these books now and going back to them to read them would always be difficult. Okay. So that that to me is that that interesting challenge of saying yes we all have books that you just go never again that's just going to sit on the shelf forever more yeah i know what you mean now um i've given one away one of mine was quite expensive to buy as you can imagine um mm. and not easy to find uh, and i gave it away i rarely give comics away i occasionally do unboxing videos where i put comics in the bin um just for close friends and family <laughs> but, um very rarely have i given a did you do you tend to give comics away how um, no, um, I, I've given away free comic book day packs when, when I used to get uh, some of my comics from the States on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, it, they would include with the order just a pack of the free comic book day books. Okay. And I would give them away to some of the, the kids and stuff that um, that, are the, in, that are the neighbours um, because they weren't necessarily, you know, it was Donald Duck books and things like that where you yeah. like going looks really nice but it's not for me let's give it to somebody who might have more chance to enjoy it beyond that it's it's generally a case of I'm, I'm afraid I'm a bit of a hoarder when it comes to, to too, books man. It's and, terrible, isn't and it? just just keep them um and you know, why would I, I want to have... give away that copy of Sleepwalker from 1992 <laughs> in case I want to read it again you know yeah. ever I do have one bookshelf <laughs> that's inside a cupboard and that <laughs> That's got the least favourable books on it. It's kind of you know, oh. it's like it's not it's not hidden. It's just oh, they're they're the ones that are just shelf space you know, is rare these days for us. Exactly. Yeah, and it's just yeah. Of, well, you know, the, the, so the, it it's the it's where the books go to to die. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. And beyond that, no. It's I, I've done some book trades and stuff with people in the hmm. past where I've had you know something nice and they've had something nice that I wanted and it's been 
you know, well, let's swap um, more than anything else. Um, beyond that, no, it's, it's unless it's my own work, and which is, I will quite happily give away to, to certain people. Yeah, me too. Yeah, to I tend say. to give it away because I feel guilty about them paying for it sometimes. But yeah, I know what yeah. you mean. <laughs> the, uh, Dan, Dan actually made me, made me smile this week because he was talking about his son. Co- he calls it co-opting his books because his son's yeah. of an age to read, you know, the books, the comics that he's had. And that's the same with my son over the years. I was looking for my Fables collection the other day and I realised that it's all at his house. You know, right. so he's managed to smuggle like twenty odd trades out of my house. You know, including yes. Jack of Fables. It's probably about thirty trades he's managed to smuggle to his own house. But there you go. I'm glad he's reading them. To be fair, well, it's yeah. one less thing he needs to put in the skip when uh, when you're dead and gone, and he's he's clearing the house out. God, so. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I must get rid of that, that, that porn that's amongst. Yeah. Anyway, um, good. So, should we get started? Yeah, we've we've got a kind of vague plan. Where I'm going to, and we're each going to lay out our reasoning, and then we're going to have a little chat about it, and then move on to the next one. So I'm going to start. My first theme, I've got a theme for mine, is um, is a double, is a double, a double hander on this one. It's self-insertion and value for money, um, and this centres around. I'm going to centre it around a book called Runaways, the 2000, 2017 run, uh, issue 36. It's written by Rainbow Rowell, um, who is important to this story. Um, Google her, ladies and gentlemen. Artist Andre Genelay, Colors D. Cunliffe, Cunniff, who's been on the show. Letters VCs Joe Karamaja, cover artist um, uh, Riss Anker, and editor Nick Lowe. I've got a lot of time for Nick Lowe. I think he's a very good editor. Um, the There's two reasons for this. I um, used to read Runaways. In fact, my son um, read it, um, going back to him again. And... Um, it was a good little series. Did you ever read it? Oh, I know you're not a Marvel guy. No, 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 never, never touched it. Bunch of kids, parents were super villains. They discover, you know, it's a nice little premise. Um, there's a character in it called Gert, who um, has a sort of dinosaur sidekick. That's a kind of a power. Um, and Gert is sort of geeky, and glasses, short hair, you know, and she's got this dinosaur buddy sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. but I got this and I was, I thought, right, I'm going to read Runaways because my son said you should watch the TV series. So I thought, well, I can't, I haven't really read it for years. I'm going to read it. So I picked up issue 36, which turns out to be the second or third to last issue because it's now been cancelled. And on the cover is quite a large lady, um, with, um, it's a weird cover because the eye line, um, is her butt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, now that's Gert, but that's future Gert. Now Gert right. is one of the characters who um, there's some time traveling elements in it, um, but she used to be. I mean, she was never sort of a skinny, um, cliche comic character. She she was a fairly normal looking kid. In the future, she's put on a few pounds um, and looks as she does. But if you um, take a second out to um, Google. Rainbow Rowell, R-O-W-E-L-L, you'll see that she now looks exactly like the writer. Right. Um, yeah. Which is happening more and more. I don't know why. So we had it with, um, was it Little Starfire? Um, yes. Uh-huh. We, we even had, I read, read the recent issue, I read Thor on um, issues now, I used to read it comic on um, Marvel Unlimited, but I read the issues now, and Thor has now told everyone that he... Because he's so old, he can use the language at different places, and he's now talking like a bro. You know, he's like, <laughs> and I'm thinking, there's another bit of self-insertion. 
you know and it's yeah. um i think to to physically change the character to replicate the writer just stinks to me if you're a writer you need to be able to write about different people don't just write about yourself it's um and we've started seeing it quite a lot so that's part one of or, my thread my friend what yeah, do you think i was gonna say well yeah i'm, I'm, I'm fine with that um I, I have other questions about this cover in that <laughs> yeah there's a I, disappearing I think she's foot stepping, <laughs> yeah she's stepping through a, a portal but because of they've used uh digital coloring for the background but that's like the flatter coloring for the for 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 her body. It does make it look like her leg is just being chopped off halfway down the shin, yeah. Um, yeah. Rather than going through the portal piece, um. So there's uh, yeah, it's not a great cover by in in terms of construct and design, but yeah. Um, yeah. No, if you're going to put yourself into the story, then put yourself into the story. You know, there's the Grant Morrison uh, Animal Man, for example. Yeah, the whole Grant yeah. Morrison Man piece, or um, you know, Gaiman's done it as well with other things, where you know it's just you know that's me. I'm there. I'm you know come speak to me. You know, and actually just be really open and honest about it, and just 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 play the whole whole thing. Beyond that, you are just you know, you're you're changing things to fit around you rather than you changing to fit around the characters that you're yeah. trying to portray there. If you're going to create new characters, then that's fine. You can do that because you can then design them to be what what you want them to be. Um, so no, that's I, I agree that that can be an issue that that people end up just pushing their own. It's kind of lazy to me. It, it stinks of lazy. If you're just writing about yourself, you're changing a character, and you're also just writing a fucking diary. Let's face it, or a you know a, your your bucket list that you want to be. You know, um, yeah. yeah. So that's that's my first case with that, and. Um, my second one with this is is value for money. So I read this. Um, it's a very quick read. Um, comics are now what three three old quid um, to yep. buy new. Um, I read this. Um, it's talking heads and kissing for the entire issue. For the entire, I'm just scrolling through it now. For the entire issue. For the entire issue. For the entire issue. Talking heads and kissing. Right. Okay. Now I understand that fiction needs that in in part i don't think it's needed for a whole issue for you to get actually something for your money um but so i thought right well i'll go back to the previous issue and i'll read that and that's exactly the same again it's just talking heads and kissing you know it's um rainbow rallies i looked i I was researching her a little bit before we came on and she's um a ya an adult fiction writer and I think she's just turned a YA novel into a comic without understanding the implications that you actually need some something going to to, to really showcase the art in a comic. And I don't yeah. think she's doing it. That's my problem with it. Three pound so, fifty for twenty pages sometimes, where nothing happens, and then nothing happens yeah. in the previous issue. Um, I, I guess that's something you. I was going to ask the question: Does it more read like it is just as you say part of a? Part of a collection rather than being an yeah, individual issue. Yeah, because there's more and more comics that I'm convinced that that's the case where the writer isn't writing a monthly comic anymore. Yeah. They're writing for the collected book. They're probably numbering that, the that pages one to eighty it. or something, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. That, yeah, there was something I can't remember. What, there was literally something I read. Oh, it's the new Liam Sharp book, the Batman Reptilian. Oh yeah, the one that Declan Shavage just done a cover for, it, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I mean, it is beautiful, but that is quite clearly a graphic novel that they've just chosen to put out in six issues. <laughs> right. Okay. What's wrong it, with it, Batman graphic novels sell well? You would think they put, yeah, yeah. they they go for that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It you know because it, it it screams of that where because you get to the end of one of the issues and you're literally going that that's not the end of a that's not a break point that's you know <laughs> and um, so no I I I can see that more and more happening in, in in books and that's it's back to this about who's you know you've got people who are novelists who are coming down to write comics come at it a completely different way than than yeah. perhaps some of the people who've got maybe the 2000 AD training who are going oh I'm used to writing really really short stories. Yeah, I'm so much you know, into this. Four, yeah, four or yeah. five pages, and then actually stretching out to twenty pages at times can be can be difficult to either keep the pace going for twenty pages than what you would normally squeeze into five, or saying, "Well, if you just slowed things down and stretched five pages out over twenty four, that you know, yeah. so there's a there, there's a there's a balancing act to be made there. It really is, man. Yeah, and I think mm. um, it's it, it's written like it's a YA book, but I don't know. Bear in mind, we've got the direct market. I don't know who's going in and buying this. You know, it's um. We may touch on this in a minute, but the. I'm not sure if we've got the YA audience in comic shops. Um, and but it's, that it's, would be, it's not again, sold. Be the collected. That'd be the collected. Would hopefully, edition, yeah, yeah. They, you know, because the people who are going to buy runaway books are people that are going to be watching the television series. Yeah. Or as you say, you know, in, in that that YA market, and they're the people that are going to buy. Um, you know, nobody watches the Flash or Arrow or any of the CW things and, and immediately goes, "Oh, I must start buying comics." They might, however, say, "Oh, there's a couple of graphic novels." Yeah. Particularly, you know, in the UK here, the you know through the the Zavi scream or or um, the Eagle Moss books, you know, the yeah. those hardbacks where you can say, "Oh, yeah, I can get a chunky book there at a very reasonable price." Yeah, but a character that I've been watching. Now, the, the actual story in the book might bear no resemblance at all to what's happening in the television series, but that's okay because the the price point hits and stuff. Um, and again, I think that's where we have a problem with who are we trying to sell different books to, and how are we actually getting them out to to different people? Yeah, I mean, this is all and, over the shop, Rod's that because you got two issues just of kissy kissy talky talky, mm. and then the previous issue you've got Wolverine in it, and you're thinking. What you you're trying to sell this to X Men fans now? I don't understand. Mm. You know, it's uh, I'm I'm not I'm not surprised at all that the series has closed, but it's they're they're putting their hands in people's pockets and taking money out for something that isn't worth it. I think is where I'm coming from mostly around this one. The self insertion thing is honestly laughable, um, <laughs> but the 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 bang for your buck on this is awful, terrible. It's you could you could read it in the time it takes. The commercials, but you know, between TV programs, right? It, it, twice. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's my first rant over, okay. Alan. Um, well, I, I'll go the, or I'll, I'll keep running with the theme of um, perhaps the, the or I'll take your value for money thing and take it a slightly different way and say, okay. here's a book that you could read, and you'd still be reading several months later before you'd actually get to the end of it. I've read this, and I know what so, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So, so the first book I'm going to talk about is is Batman Odyssey um, by Neil Adams. Now, I'm actually going to list the inkers as well in this oh, because, okay. frankly, you won't. It's um, <laughs> the, the inkers are Michael Golden, Scott Williams, Bill Zinkevich, Paul Neary, Kevin Nolan, and Josh Adams. Wow, okay. There's a, there's a collection for you. Of people, yeah, yeah. You know. Now, 
this is a book where, you know, from a value for money perspective, he, he Neil's basically cramming into two pages here, uh, more than what you've probably talked about in the whole of that that Runaways issue. Right. However, he does that for every page in here. <laughs> this so, is, now this is this, the one that famously starts on the coffee machine. Is that right? It's, yeah. Uh-huh. So it's, it's <laughs> and and the, the the very first page is Bruce Wayne topless. Here he is, um, as I hear everything. You know, play to your strengths, Neil. Yeah, um, you know, he, he knows how to draw a hairy, topless Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Now, at, at this point, we, we really should open up to the fact that um, we have the opportunity to be sponsored on this podcast by um, <laughs> a company that looks after. <laughs> it's up, the, uh, yeah, nice little tie-in. Mail, I might email mail them again. Yeah. So, yeah, now would be the time to drop in their advert if they ever wanted it. So, anyway, <laughs> Batman Odyssey, this is an example of a book where you give a legend of the industry, essentially free reign to do whatever they want. And nobody says, hang on a minute, (laughs) are you sure? Um, Because this book goes off on all sorts of weird and wonderful tangents and crams more in it than you would ever need to to, to see. To the extent that towards, you know, it... (laughs) It's the actual hardcover I've got in front of me collects the, there was a second miniseries as well. This collects the two miniseries that are in here, which I think totals 12, maybe 13 issues. Yeah. I don't, and, I don't know, but if you like me, where if it says Neil Adams on it's kind of, I'll give it a go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm because, like that. The, and the art in here is, you know, it is really good, right? I would yeah. quite happily own just about any page in here. Yeah. I'd prefer not to have the topless Bruce Wayne, but if that was all you, those, you know, if that's what somebody was giving to me, I would take it for free. <laughs> um, but no, the, every page in here looks beautiful. And, and, you know, but it has that Neil Adams 70s look about it. So, you know, the faces are... Um, are, are very bold. He, he he draws hands in great perspective. So he's got you know there's big hands at the f- reaching out of pages. Yeah. Um, but it's just incomprehensible in terms of the actual storyline. Um, reading some of the reviews online, there's loads of people who just go, I just never got to the end of it. Um, <laughs> and you, you sh- and and I can see why. <laughs> you know, in but this this screams to me of one of these things. You know, this this is the the classic one of saying, right, Neil, we're going to give you a six-issue miniseries. On you go. Knock yourself out. He goes, I'm going to do Batman. Oh, and I'm going to put Ra's al Ghul in it. Oh, and I'm going to put Man Bat in it. Oh, yeah. and I'm going to have two Robins. Oh, and he's going to go into, you know, there's going to be dinosaurs because he's going to go through a portal. Into yeah, I seem to remember Batman. dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, oh, I'll, I'll find a reason to put Dead Man in it. And, you know, I'll have Alfred. <laughs> All the greatest hits. Yeah, you know, and yeah. there's, there's, it's, it's just like, yeah, calm down, calm, you know, sort so of. It's only six issues that you've got, you know, and it, clearly it's sold because they gave him a second, second miniseries with it. But I'm, I'm pretty sure most of that would have been sold on his name. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, um, and also the kudos of having probably worked with Adams. You know, yeah, maybe the oh, editor just really yeah. wanted an Adams. Well, you know, it's. I think Mike Carlin's down as one of the editors. Right, okay. I imagine, yeah. but I imagine all he did was sign the check, you know, or had gone. I don't know, Neil. You know, boom, here you come. Yeah, when you, um, you imagine ringing Neil up and go, right, Neil, what is about, and then just putting the phone down, going out, having your lunch, coming back, picking up. That sounds great, Neil. Just crack on, my friend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
there's a something there, there's one of the reviews that I was reading online where somebody went, it, it reads at times like he was carrying all the artwork into the office, dropped it, did his best to pick it up back in the same order, <laughs> the right order, but nobody checked, and, and it, it, it carries like that. So yeah. it, it's overwritten, which is another theme I'll come back to today. Um, you know, I, again, there are times when I go, Neil, you're an artist, not a writer. And there, there are various other books that, that fall into that category as well, where I say, you know, I can say to people, you know, you're a really good artist, yeah. but you're not a writer. There's a reason that, you know, we, the reason that a lot of the best comics are um, are two-handers between the you know, people working together. Yeah, I think some uh, people just sort of wonder, Burn was the same to me, I think. Burn did a little bit of the similar, you know, when he wasn't sort of quite yeah. as controlled, you know, even though, you know, was was write, writing, drawing stuff at the same time, he obviously had some editor, editorial oversight. And then when he, he sort of headed off a bit on his own, the stuff you're like, what is this? You know, mm. yeah, I agree, man. So if I was recommending this book to anybody, I would have to ask them if they're the sort of people that like the psychedelic Peter Sellers movies from about 1971. <laughs> What's up, Pussycat, all that sort of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what this is. But... You know, and and it, it it is literally the definition of batshit crazy. Um, so um, so yeah. So this this would have been one that you would have read as well. Then yeah, I know. I, was, I thought I think I bought it monthly. I think I might have bought it in one of those. Was it in one of the Zavi sales? Yes, it was. I can't quite yeah. see it. Yeah, I think I might have double dipped on it from there as well, but not taken the cellophane off yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good oh, stuff, so just man. with another page, Aquaman turns up. Do you know? <laughs> I, I think I remember that as well. Fucking hell. Uh, it's, but yeah, yeah. No, it's so lovely to look at, or the book, but no, nobody's... It, and, and I know you joke about sometimes you read my books um, in the smallest room in the house. Yeah, while well, I'm having if, a food. If, you know, th- this is one where you would literally get through half a page <laughs> yeah, no. so it would take a long long man i'm a lifelong vegetarian i'm quick your th- <laughs> your three panels suit me fine i tell you now the uh... <laughs> yeah. good good one okay oh we're cracking through this quite well quite fast but yeah. we have got we're saving the two big ones to the end yes. um i yes. think is, is the best way um next one i'm up next so my one is an art style so this mate, this is a personal thing. Don't forget, we're just talking about our personal feelings about stuff, about you know what we wouldn't like to be personally locked in a room, or what we personally wouldn't grab first if there was a fire, or even grab second to last. You know, um, my uh, one is in relation to an art style, and mine is the what I call the Stephen Universe art style that seems to have something of a foothold in kids' comics but also in comics that are clearly written for adults. And I don't understand. Um, and I can't often even look at it. I find it um, just turns my stomach. So we've had a number of examples of it. The main one I suppose I know of is the Dead Endia style from Hamish Steele, um, yeah. which um, adheres to that style. A lot of people who um, who come by the table and by Hamish Steele, but will say, oh, Steven Universe, you know? Um, yeah. we've got, um, the Thunder, I think Thundercats did a reboot, which was a sort of similar style, um, mm-hmm. cartoon wise. There's an Aquaman cartoon thing doing the rounds. Um, <laughs> when I, you know, it always kicks off about those cartoons, isn't it? It's always one of those things that everyone seems super polarized about, you know, and people yeah. say, you know, this is rubbish. And people say, yeah, but it's for kids. And my replies is, is uh, 
yeah, but don't kids deserve better drawings than that? <laughs> People I'm, will be shouting now. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, again, it's about the, the balance and mix, right? Yeah. And that, that and that's the because there are people who do this style really well and tell some really good stories with it that way. Um, and it, I suppose it's it, it's where does it stop, or where would you put um, where would you put Hilda in that mix? Yeah, no, no, Hilda is I think is actually more accomplished. And when you sort of drill down to it, Hilda is um, there. There's a cartoon star but there's a knowledge of anatomy i think mm. there's this is too um two-handed really i think Al. the the fact that it is so basically drawn um should never be a problem i can enjoy a comic if it's stick figures mm. but the fact is having met a number of the creators of comics with this style they obviously seem to think they're fucking rembrandt you know the 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 egos on some of these people and I feel like saying, mate, this looks like a twelve-year-old drew it, and the the dialogue's not isn't any better. I, yeah. I, I'm not even. I, I highlighted a couple of pages before I came in. I'm not going to read them to you. It's just too embarrassing. I don't want to hear my voice say that nonsense. And some of these people are nearing forty years old. What are they doing? You know, it's um, be be able to draw, but don't. <laughs> there's, there's two cases of this where I've uh, I've I've personally heard the catty comments from the creators as uh, all their fans, and I'm just utterly disappointed in these people. Um, and it seems to have caught a fire. I'm going to say because of Tumblr. I think that's where a lot of it started. Um, I, you yeah, so it's or? also caught fire because it's easy to eat. Yes, it's easy to. Um amend also you know to, to take it it's almost like funko pops to that extent where it's like look, the basics there is exactly the same for all of them it's just you just put a little bit of a different costume yeah, around it really it. it's not it? too difficult to all have the big happy cheesy smiley face or the you know the big doughy eyes or whatever yeah. um so i think and and you know that's why it works for certain kids the comics because you want kids to be able to copy what they're you know what's in their book and that's you know to get them started down an art, art arts path but you're right it's then about saying he's got to have a decent story and a decent element with it yeah and this sort of faked childishness amongst a, an adult comic i don't i don't understand it it's um mm. it's, it's almost like an underdeveloped eye but an overdeveloped attitude it just doesn't it just seems really strange to me um encouraging an underdeveloped love of art is uh, yeah i am I, I don't i understand your argument I yeah think the, the, it's a personal it, thing it, man i don't expect everyone to agree with me but yeah no yeah. i think it is the balance though about with the writing in that you would argue that the style of the simpsons is yeah quite quite simplistic but because it's maybe not all the time, but, you know, often The Simpsons has really strong writing that goes yeah. with it that means that it can carry, you know, undertones and layers of, of, of storyline that, you know, you can get away with saying, oh, and the, the art style has been, been held yeah. simpler. Oh, I, I, I'm, a, I'm not a fan of this at all because of the whole medium, not just the art, to mm. be fair. Yeah, I agree completely, man. The, the writing as well. I think people who applaud this as being amazing comics are doing a disservice to people who are putting the hours in and writing great and drawing great comics. I think, mm. I think, 
like you, you know we laugh and joke about neil adams but neil can draw do you know what i mean yes these people yeah. have shown me not a moment of the ability to draw and um they certainly the the writing reads like they've just got some bot to take down twitter comments and you know <laughs> it's uh Yep, so totally my so, choice, totally my feeling, totally my... But, um, but I, well, I, Let me just follow up on my point from last time. If you yeah. were to recommend it to anyone, or who 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 would be the readers for it? No, I wouldn't recommend it. If it was, um, if the writing was um, more in line with something that was more fun and the art was maybe, I don't know, different. I, 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 I don't, I wouldn't recommend it to kids and I wouldn't recommend it to adults, I suppose. Um no, I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget, these are the comics we wouldn't want to be locked in a room with. And I certainly wouldn't be locked in, locked in a room with this or a number of the creators who create them. But, uh, I know, but I, yeah. I, I also know that there's um, there's books I I might say I don't want to, to be locked in a room, but I can understand why other, you know, oh, that would be ideal for such and such a person to be locked in a room yeah, with. I don't know whether this uh, it's just riding this weird fashion of, oh, isn't this funny and cool? And I'm like, no, it's not, it's not very good. Yeah. Not been funny. I didn't they say, well, yeah, you don't understand it's for kids. Well, this isn't for kids. And even if it was for kids, don't kids deserve better artwork? And I'm like, do you know what I mean? It's like, you, like you say, um, some of the sort of you know anime we see, it's got incredible artwork, and that's for kids. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, I, I, yeah. I take you back to all the, the you know the, the good work that's in the the Bino and the Dandy. And, yeah, yeah, they know uh, to draw, don't know, they? Which covers all sorts of ranges of. Of styles and, and which is where I see Hilda being extension of, you know, and that mm. and that and the Moomins. I think that's that has an ability to show motion and action and you know speed and excitement and yes. stuff. And this is just sort oh, of flat people. Yeah, yeah. No, I was only being. Um, I was, I was trying to stir the pot by yeah. bringing <laughs> Hilda into the mix to, to do a bit of comparing drama. Right, but moving no, on. Yeah, so, yeah moving on. So I'm going to talk about a book that. The, so my theme for putting this one into the into the mix is. This was a book that was probably destroyed for me before I even got it, and okay. therefore, it, it, because it had been built up and then was, because uh, um, this was the third Kickstarter I ever backed. All right. But probably about the twentieth Kickstarter that ever arrived, you know, <laughs> it was, was one of those sorts of issues. So this is the book called Gold Tiger by Guy Adams and. Um, you're going under the name Jimmy Broxton here, but it's James Hodgkinson. Right, okay, um, yeah. That was his the pseudonym he, he chose to take on at that point. Um, now, this is a book where... It, it's a book that I should love, because so, it's based around three-panel newspaper strips from the 1960s yeah. um, that are meant to be an, an adventure comic. Now, the, the premise of the book is sort of twist where it's these are strips that have been found and everyone's forgotten about them and it's all the, the packaging that comes with them and the fact that there was made to be a television series but it didn't quite happen and all this sort of stuff, which is all nonsense. It's all made up. Okay, yeah, I remember in, this. I've never yeah. read it, but I remember the hype around it, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it was a case of, you know, and if you flick through it, that's, that, it is, it's nice. It's all these these newspaper strip styles. Um, and there are individual pages, again, that are absolutely beautiful. However, because it was a delayed Kickstarter, because the book ended up out in the shops before the Kickstarter backers yeah, got it, that, yeah. because when they said they would do a special edition for the Kickstarters, which they, they did, and this was the one where what they chose to do to make the 
Kickstarter edition special is make the cover completely blank, back and front, and spines. (laughs) Nothing on the top. Um, Right. Nothing on the spine either. Nothing on the spine either. Right. Right. Now, this was a design because the number of people who then sent an email was going, "My cover's blank. Something's gone wrong." It was like, "No, no. This was a design (laughs) choice." Yeah. And you're like, "Yeah, but I, I, you know." I wanted something, you know. I want want a cover that's different from you know being Kickstarter cover, Kickstarter exclusive. That that's great, but what you've given me here is essentially a white piece of paper around the outside of the book, and that is it. And it's not like it's got the other cover inside that. It's, right. It's okay. It's not like a sketch cover. cover that we see occasionally. It's something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. No, this is literally just white card all the way around it. Now, yes, there's a signed tip in play and. I, you, you get a signed print and all that sort of stuff. But my problem is, by the time you've carried all this baggage in before you've even opened the book up, you're suddenly going, and I'll use a good Scottish word here, scunnered. Yeah. You're, you know, you're just, oh, I just can't be bothered. Yeah. You know, um, or it, it doesn't matter how good it's inside them, I'm, I'm already just not happy with this at all. Well, do you think um, part of that is the wait? So the longer we wait for things, the more expectations build. Do you think that was part of it? I think there was a, probably a bit of that, yeah, yeah. But this was this was a camel with many, many straws on its back yeah. at this point. You know? and as I say, so it was a long, long-standing running Kickstarter. Um, books were made, but then got lost. You know, there was these sorts of stories that were coming in and out in the, the comments, and I'm, I'm I'm sure some of that's true. You know, <laughs> most of it, um, I'm nothing against the creators. You know, in, in that sense, and in the end, we all did get our books. Yeah, um, but it, it was just. Yeah, that, that long story of getting it and then I see other issues around its final production. So then I get into the actual book. Now, as I say, there are individual pages in here, which again are, are beautiful. Um, it's all big chunks of it are done in that three panel newspaper strip style. Um, done as the um, sort of photo effect you would see in an artist edition. Okay. So it's like yeah. the, the drawings that are then the, the cardboards and cut and um, photoed and placed on top of a white background in the book, which you know, which is quite nice. Okay, yeah. Um, a few of the panels you can quite clearly tell are photoshopped over and over and over. Um, right. And it then goes goes on a little bit for for this sort of joke of going, these were found strips and a found thing. You know, you could have done that with one story. They then put a second story in. You know, right, you, okay. used paper strips yeah. sometimes go in in in, in story sequences, particularly with things like Garth, where there was. You know the, the the stuff that was in space versus the stuff that was in, in you know the, okay. the, the spy stuff, um, and so you're suddenly going, you've you've done this joke once, now you're you're kind of doing it again, um, so all in all, I'm just left really disappointed with the book and just <laughs> you know going, I had hoped for something, this isn't quite it, but you know I didn't overpay or anything, but yeah. you just left going, I'm just disappointed, um. What I would say is, if somebody was into, say, like Johnny Hazard, the the, you know, the Daily Strip by, by Frank Robbins or something like that, then actually this probably is a book for them to pick up and have a okay. look at. They would probably actually take great enjoyment out of this. Um, <coughs> but for me, as I say, it's spoilt, and therefore I don't want to be stuck in the room with it, or I'm not going to... Yeah, we're such comic collectors, aren't we? I know what you mean, and utterly. And I think as well, a big part of this is we are now much more experienced in the the ways of Kickstarter, aren't we? As well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And anything that is, I had a big chat with Vince Bond about this the other day. And anything that is likely 
to be in diamond or be in bookshops, I'm going to stop backing. Why, why am I paying the postage on a book that I can order through the comic shop, you know, and stuff like that. And like you say, well, with this one, it hit the bookshops before you'd have got, you got it yeah. anyway. So, you know, sometimes we pay for it to get it early, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. And something you prepare, but I mean, I, not last year, but certainly the, the year before I stopped backing Kickstarters from UK producers in about, about June, I okay. guess, where I knew that they were going to be, they were basically running their Kickstarter so that they'd have their book at Thought Bubble. Yeah, good because point. Because yeah. I was like, unless the, I'm keeping an eye on the Kickstarter and see, is there something in the rest of the backing there yeah. that I want or is becoming, you know, if you're giving away loads of freebies with it because it's, it's busted targets, then yes, I'll jump on because I want the freebies as well because, yeah, I'm that sort of collector and want all those things. Yeah. Um, but if it's just the book and it's just, you know, and particularly if it's what some of the series where you're like, going, oh, it's issue three or issue four and I've got the first couple I'll just wait and see you and buy it off your your, off your table at, at the, at the convention yeah. because literally I'm not getting anything extra for it and or I'm paying for postage or worst case scenario of all I've paid for postage and then you give it to me at the convention. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Where I'm like, mm. so uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, there are some creators I don't mind that for because I know they're taking a hit on other things and you, you know swings and roundabouts. But as I say, there's some of those things around the Kickstarter piece where you just start to I've got to have questions uh, with, with certain creators. Yeah, it's um it's been really I um there was a, a Scott Snyder book that I backed that I got it at the same time as issue three came out in the shops, and I only mm. backed issue one. And I'm like, I've never read it, man. I just can't be bothered. Yeah, why would I be and bothered? Again, you know. So I say that you were scunnered by it because yeah, you were just exactly. being put off. Yeah. 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 Scunnered around the back. Right. Good. I don't know what it means, but it sounds right. Good. <laughs> right. Four down. How are we doing for time? Oh, 40 minutes. That's not bad. It's good timing because we're going to go into our big one now. Um, just before I did, I just want to give a little shout out to Johnny Cannon, who I've been a bit poorly and he very kindly sent me a little um, care package today. Thank you, Johnny. Um, I also thought I might do a, a reading of another email that we received at Never Iron Anything in regards to the podcast. You'll like this one. Um, hi there. This is an email I got from Satish. Hi, Satish. Ooh. And it's titled, I love your voice on your podcast. That's nice, isn't it? Mm. And it says, I was listening to your podcast, and he, he includes it, in case I didn't know. Um, I found it on here and then tries to direct me to a podcast site that I've never heard of, and I'm not clicking that link. And it's, I really liked <laughs> it, and your voice was amazing. I could listen to it all day. Anyway, I'd like to invite you to my Facebook group. And again, he's left his Facebook group there, Satish. I don't know Satish is a man or, man or a lady, I don't know. Um, and he's looking forward to seeing me on there, Satish, um, and listening to more of your episodes. And he's a fellow, a fellow podcaster. So a little shout out to Satish. Thank you, Satish. It's quite, uh, I don't often get, I'm a man in later years. I don't often get saucy emails, but that's quite nice to get. There you go. Um, see, this is where I, I, as I always have to say with anybody that I record a podcast with, that, you know, <laughs> I, I never listen back to podcasts at normal speed. I always listen to them at one and a half times. You've told me this before, yeah, yeah, two yeah. Times yeah. Which, which does mean when I meet people in person, I do sometimes wonder if they're having a stroke because <laughs> I'm so used to hearing them speak at twice the speed, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do that with audiobooks actually because I have to listen to a lot of um, 
biographies and history books yeah. and stuff for work. So at lunchtime, I go for a walk and I put it on, you know, one and a half speed because, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you, if you put if you put Neil Gaiman on eight times speed, he comes out as normal. As <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you're not playing him backwards. God, imagine. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, yeah, my balls would suck back up into my body. Um, yeah, right. So speaking of magical writers, <laughs> yeah, speaking yeah. of magical writers who occasionally, maybe let's face it, talk a little slow. Um, I now before we begin this, because we've each chosen completely coincidentally a book by the same writer. Um, I would like to say that you will be hard pressed to find a bigger fan of this person than me. I'm a huge fan of this person. I've met them. Um, I've oft told the story of being, excuse me being um just being crestfallen to the extreme you know just almost thinking i'm going to give up comics when a particular american writer was rude to me at uk once uh, as a 12 year old and um i walked around the corner and bumped into this writer and he was the nicest dude in the world and brought me back around he's the reason i'm still in comics i just it's it's fairly plain. So we're, I'm going to talk about Alan Moore. The book I've chosen to talk about is a book he did with Melinda Gebby called Lost Girls. Now, I've ruminated on this a lot for a number of years, I suppose. Um, Lost Girls is the story of Alice, Wendy and Dorothy and um, their erotic shenanigans in different periods of their lives, I'm going to say. Um, I don't own this book anymore. This is the one book I've... One of the few comics I've ever given away. And I don't know... Have you got a copy out? I can't remember if I asked you this. No, I've never... I, I, I've read half of one of them. Right. Because um, yep. it came out as three books originally. It did as a sort of slipcase, didn't slip it? Slipcase, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it just wasn't for me. Yeah, okay. That's good. That's interesting. Now, I, um, for anyone who knows me, I spent a lot of time um, in child protection um, working in um, with victims of abuse. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the writers or artists on this but it didn't sit right with me that's the first reason i wouldn't want this in the house or in a room with me it didn't really mm-hmm. genuinely didn't sit right with me and i know that's the reason i gave it away now alan um has been quite vocal and one of the points he makes is that um we and it's something i've repeated um i'm sure a lot of people have repeated this point about we show a lot of violence in comics um and we're quite happy to show people being shot and being stabbed and stuff. Um, but we're reticent and demonized and, you know, villainized if we show sex in, in, in a comic. Now, yeah. I, on face value, I accepted that, as I know that Alan is an incredibly intelligent person, much more intelligent than me, and I accepted that on face value for many years. And then I was thinking about it, and it was it came after I gave this book away, and... I realised that the reason we treat them differently is because they are differently. They are different. They are not two sides of one coin. Sure, society has made one perhaps in some venues, in some mediums, it more acceptable than the others. But they are different. It's like the old Zappa phrase, isn't it? You, you can't talk about music. It's like dancing to architecture or whatever that phrase is, he says. Sex yeah. and violence do... They, not only are they different things, they do different things. So they do th- different things re- in reality, in fiction, in drawings, in art, in film. But they also do something to the ingester or the person involved psychologically as well differently. They affect and effect our wants, our needs, our memories, our... Um, 
motivations, um, the way we move, the way we speak, the way we do everything in different ways. And I think it's too much of a shortcut to compare the two to say, well, we show violence, we should be able to show this. Because I don't think that's a, a relevant argument. I think the argument should purely be based on why we should show this and don't compare it to something else. It's like when you, you know, you're in the playground, you says, well, Amy just climbed that tree, but you're telling me off for stealing, the, you know, it's like that. It's, they're two different mm. things. Um, I think if I was locked in a room with it, I don't think I'd want to look at it. I think, um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, if anyone knows me, I'm emphatically <laughs> not against pornography. You know, I'm not, I'm not that dude at all. Um, I'm also emphatically not against, you know, um, you know, right wing, left wing censorship. I don't, I don't like that knee jerk reaction to things. I think things should be considered and each taken. And I'm, but I am a great believer in things should be taken in their own, in their own way. And they should be taken as individual things. I don't think the underage sex uh, sits comfortably with me in this book. I don't like it. Um, I don't find it an actually, and so if you accept that as one part of my argument, my second part of my argument is that I do not find this a very good comic. I think on pages on their own, they're very beautiful, and Melinda Gebby is an exceptional artist, but it doesn't flow like a comic that I enjoy reading, put it that way. Um, Certainly that that was my, my take on it. I, I, yeah. I didn't find or I found it very difficult to read from our not not so much from the content side of things because I probably yeah. didn't get far enough into it for that to be the, the point but her artwork just wasn't for me um as a, as a style and that's just just one of those things um entirely personal taste but again you're right I think it's more she's an artist who was then producing a comic rather than it necessarily being a comic book yeah, the, the, or, or I agree. The story and there's, there's space yeah. for that, but it's just not something I enjoy. You know, um, a single page image that flows can work. It's just not. It just doesn't flow enough for me. Al, do you know what I mean? I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. there's an argument that I've seen. I watched a few videos about it and um, interviews with both Melinda and Alan about this. And one of them, he they 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 say this in a couple of interviews where they say that it's not porn. It's um, pornography and not erotica. Now, I think this is said for one reason. I think it's said that it should be for the common man, this comic. Now, I think that's a proud claim to say this is not erotica. Um, for me, erotica requires a literary knowledge um, to enjoy pornography. You know, there's there's certain elements of erotica that we can say that's erotica rather than pornography. You know, it's a fine line sometimes. Mm -hmm. But um, I've actually been involved in the making of pornography um, and I can tell you um, that it's old-fashioned porn is not like this. Do you know what I mean? Pornography is not like this. Electric Blue didn't contain references to fucking Egon Shield or Oscar Wilde. You know, yes. this and that's is where some of some of yeah. this is almost too beautiful. Yeah, and yeah. it's there are bits in here where the her her art style is very. Not quite Art Nouveau, but it's it's it has that sort of early twenties, yeah. early thirties feel about it, yeah. which is nice if in a certain context. Yeah, and it does yeah. mean that when 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 they're drawing a number of the characters, it has that burlesque thirties feel about it at, yeah, at times as well. Yeah, um, which is again a bit weird when you're then putting the context of who the characters are <laughs> and and, and yeah. that. And but that 
that beautifulness of it means that um you know it, you're right it, it doesn't match the, the the pornography element at all it, no. it does make it the, the erotic place um there's very good television and drama about um but that in some ways have come called the juice and uh, oh, i've not seen this so i've heard it's good yeah it's um, sort of 70s porn with, um, isn't it yeah franco and it james franco yeah. in it and um it's yeah. It shows the seedier side of New York in that period, and ends up with a lot of the stuff. And yeah, there is the this is what the behind the scenes looks like, where you're right, it's grim and dirty and all this, you know. And regardless of, and it still looks um, as as cheap as possible on the front side of the, <laughs> you know, yeah. That the back side doesn't look great. Well, this is almost trying too hard to be pretty and trying too hard to. Um, convey the you know to elevate itself and by the time you're saying you're elevating itself i don't think it can carry the pornography thing it has to carry the the erotic yeah i think um, you're right man yeah yeah pieces. yeah me delivering a pizza you know and then it all kicking off is not this book you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah i've all been there Al. i've all been there um that's why they called meat feasts so i'm convinced of that <laughs> Right, so thank you for yeah. that one. That's my presentation and our little discussion around Lost Girls. You may yeah. likely disagree. There's a lot of um, people who uh, love more and, and love that book. But, uh, yeah, just, you know what, write in. I don't care. Tell us what you think. This is just yeah. our opinions. But um, moving on, and Al. You're, which was got... on, because that, yeah. that, that's the interesting twist where you said about people love more. Because I'd selected this book to go into 101 yeah. when, we, um, when we first said we were going to do it. I then listened. I think it was to was it the was it one hundred where you said that this was a book that you really liked. Yeah, it is. Which is it really is. Yeah, which is, yeah, yeah. And I'd already put it on my list of well, I'm putting it in there. No, which is relevant, from, man. From hell, yeah. you and I. That's where the yeah. epitome of debate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I think, but and I think this is the the thing about about Moore times. Now, from hell is um, the the version that I read um, is the soft cover. That came out from, well, Top Shelf, isn't it? Or it's Eddie Campbell Press. Yeah. Um, in about 99. I wouldn't have bought it in 99. I don't know when I, so I don't know where I picked it up, but. I've got the same one. I bought it at um, Bristol off Eddie himself. Yeah. I think that's where I got mine. Uh, Yeah. So this could be one of these books again where, you know, it's Alan Moore. Oh, you must say it's great. Oh, it's from hell. It's absolutely amazing. And then by the time I read it, I did the I did a bad thing as well when I read this. Okay. Because I read chapter one. I then turned to the appendix where it said, "Here are the notes on Enjoyed. chapter one." Yeah. And I then read the notes on chapter one. A couple You're of days so OCD, later, I, aren't you? <laughs> a couple of days later, I woke up. Right. Well, it's the fact that you turn to say, "Oh, there's the notes in chapter one." Is on page one. <laughs> yeah. like, this seagull is. Yeah, yeah. It's like Jesus, what? So it it that that really put me off reading the thing, you know, or it took some of the enjoyment out of it. Now I can only imagine that if I'd read this in was it Taboo that it originally came out in? I can't okay. remember. Anyway, yeah. Where was it? Jumps about quite a lot, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I would have. I'd have probably really enjoyed it on a serialized basis because, again, some of the art is 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 beautiful. Some of it's a bit grainy for me, um, and it, it's not con- because it took a decade to produce. There are inconsistencies in in terms of the art approach in in, in certain chapters relative to others. That, that you yeah. know, 
when you're reading it as a as a as a phone book like it is, just just caused me perhaps a little bit jars. Um, <laughs> but that's the same when you read some of the early Cerebus and stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, it's a good point. I, I yeah. just found the book a real slog. And you just get, you know, the deeper you get into it, you kind of go, Alan, please stop adding more levels of, of twists to this. You know, just stick to the one story and tell me it. Um, and I'm again, this is one where I'm convinced that, you know, Alan Moore is a great writer, but he's at his best when he has a very strong editor with him okay. that can pair him back. Um I, if you you know if you go to something like Watchmen, Watchmen's as good as it is, not just because he's working with Dave Gibbons, but you know he's got a strong editorship that paired him back right at the beginning there. If you go back to his 2000 AD work where you know, you had the, the the editorship there. Yeah, I remember Alan Grant saying that he'd you know taken him under his wing for a while to to pair it back, pair it back, you know, and and keep things tight. Yeah, the dead skin um, warrior, I'm, I'm guessing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and all of that about saying there's some brilliant thoughts you've got in here, Alan, but but compress, compress. Um, no, it's it's no different than you know if you look at the Harry Potter books, they get thicker every time she okay. produced a new book. Yeah, part of the reason for that was. I think the the editorship got more and more scared of saying no to her. Yeah, yeah. So they were allowed to get bigger and bigger. Well, I suppose the, the best example of that man comes from more himself. Is it Jerusalem? What's the oh, book? He's, Jerusalem. Yeah. I ain't got time yeah. in my life for that man. I love no, the dude, no, but no. I ain't got time. You know. And again, I, I reckon there probably is a really good story in there that yeah, where you sure. can you know, yeah, and 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 that's that's where from hell for me I think starts to fall down. Okay. About saying there's there's you know there's stuff in here. That, that again is good, and I like the con, uh, some of the the thought processes that are all going into it. But I don't care if the layout of London from the 1800s is is that close, <laughs> or where every uh, pentagram was drawn, or exactly how yeah. accurate certain buildings needed to be. Um, I I will say I didn't read all of the the annotated notes at the end of it. Um, only read maybe the first couple of chapters, and then went, "This is adding nothing, um, or nothing to my enjoyment of the reading of it." Yeah. And, and, and that's why I just slowed it through. Now, again, I will say there are pages in here I would more than happy have on my wall. Um, and I do have a sketch of the main character. Um, yeah, me too, actually. From, yeah, yeah. From, yeah. from Eddie Cowell. That I didn't, <clears throat> uh, that I actually got at the lakes. All right. Right, recently, um, in, in those terms. So, you know, it's not that I, I told this, like, it's just this is not. <sighs> I, 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 I get you, man. Insomnia. There is. From, there there's a lot there's a lot going on and 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 it's not always automatically clear who's doing what in the book in the you know, yeah this the cross hatching style doesn't lend itself to making people immediately recognizable i think no. a lot of the time in the book my stomping ground um was the east end at the time um mm. i was working there and i was socializing there and um i lived just around the corner and um so i enjoyed very much that and some of the streets i was in daily that were involved in it and a couple of the um excuse me but i can't remember the guy who designed it now he designed st paul's didn't he who's the guy who designed the churches christopher, Ray. christopher, Ray. christopher Ray? and who was his assistant the one who did the, the chapels oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they, i would used to walk past one of them um every week as well um which i think is just around the corner from gosh actually so there was a connection to me i um had um part of the job i had to do at the time was i was waiting about um to do something and this the waiting about was weeks and mm. i wanted something 
chunky to take in and I took that phone book. So consequently, because I was sat on my ass for eight hours waiting for something to happen, I read I read the whole of that in two or three yeah. days, you know. And I think because of that, I think it's the same as a lot of things. When you do bulk read it, it plays on your subconscious a little bit. Um, I had a, a real moment with the bit towards the end where you get the time shift and he looks around the office and he's surrounded by mm. the modern world mm. and stuff. And, and t- t- to me, still one of my favorite moments, but I can see what you're saying, man. Totally. I think maybe that's yeah. saying if you're going to read from hell, there's two ways to read it. One is to break it down into lots of little bits, which is how it was originally published. Yeah. Which is probably a very difficult way to read it. Or you need to blast through it. I would probably have taken a couple of weeks to get through it and read it in sort of many chunks. Yeah. Uh, I think I'd have found it and, frustrating and, reading it as it was originally released. Yeah. Yeah, I think, because um, it came out and but, but, it yeah, took a while. I, 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 and the thing I think with me is, well, it was one of these books that once you start to slow down because you're not enjoying it, it just gets harder and harder to read. <laughs> yeah. Um, and again, we've all got, got books that, that, that fall into those categories. <laughs> I got, um, I got a funny story about how I bought mine. So we, we me and a buddy, a couple of buddies, went down to uh, Bristol to the Comic Con there. That sort of took over a bit from UCAC, didn't it? And it all moved. Mm. Everyone moved down to Bristol, and um, we went. Me and my mate, we were fucking trolleyed, you know, like pissed as a xylophone in this restaurant. And we end up getting into this like ridiculous row, which we still laugh about now, and like standing up and pointing at each other and shouting and all this sort of thing, you know. And um, right at the end of the evening, I noticed that sitting at the table, literally one foot away was Eddie Campbell and Paul Gravette, right? <laughs> so the following morning, we were sharing a room, woke up, had a bit of breakfast, had a laugh about the previous night, la, 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 you know, wiped our faces. And I, I went, we were walking around the corner and I said, oh, I'm going to go and buy from hell. I haven't got it yet. And he went, oh, I'll see you over here. And I walked over and you could see a look on his face like, well, I knew that bloke having a fight in the rest. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff, Good man. Room. Yeah. Six books that um, that we're not going to take with us into the, into the locked room when we or into the uh, in an in almost exactly an hour. To... We don't muck about. Good. Yeah. Not every episode will be us uh, savaging books, but uh, no. we thought it was a fun one. Bear in mind the number of the episode. We thought that would be a good one. Um, yeah, but um, it's fun. It was it was a nice. We've savaged the books. We've, we've, no, we've, we've said, we've that said that there's reasons why we as individuals don't necessarily. I think that's key, isn't it? But, yeah. 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 Yeah, I think you're right, man. And um, you know, if you if you want to go away and enjoy Dead India, then please do. You know, don't ever speak to me because you're not the sort of person I'd enjoy to, the company of. But do you know what I mean? It's like that. Yeah, I joke. The uh, yeah, but yeah, you're right. I think um, <clears throat> there's a couple of, and, and examples of it in different ways as well. I think we we each sort of came up with a different theme there, which was quite good. Good stuff. Um, before we started recording, we were just talking about conventions. So fingers crossed, thought bubbles happening. We're going to be at that. You're wavering on another one, are you? Did you want to say yet, or you 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 definitely not going, or you going? Uh, or... I, I don't know if I'm going to. Well, we'll see. Um... We'll mention that then if we don't know yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the other <laughs> thing I meant to mention about. Oh, sorry, I should have cleared that with you first. But the uh, the other thing I should have mentioned is um, I was going to mention that you were on another podcast. You. Um, you yes, Judas. That's, yeah. that's yeah. my shout out for for today. If you like, is um, that um, people should go and listen to the nerds who haunted uh, who haunted themselves by Stuart Marine as he's reopened his and why not um, yeah. section of his podcast, which is your where, favorite film. Where well, over the next six weeks, I think he's going to be looking at six different comic book movies of the nineties. Oh, okay. Um, the the first of which was myself and and Stuart talking about the Shadow. 
1994, <laughs> starring Alec Baldwin. Um, I should have looked up which episode of Never Iron Anything you and I discussed the Shadow Number One. Oh, of course, I forgot about that, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you can, can so tie the two together. Yeah. Um, and it's yes, but so I, I discuss my relationship with the Shadow as a character, and then my views with regard to the movie. Yeah, which, you're a hard uh, man to please, but I don't think that quite got anywhere near pleasing you. I'm guessing, but <laughs> we'll find out on the, on the episode. The uh, yeah, yeah. What's the episode? Yeah, the um, funny enough, I keep saying to Hanks and Mulrane that me, him, and Hanks should we should share a hotel room, all get under the covers, and watch Condor Man together and record it. But they so far they haven't gone for it because I tend to sleep naked. But we'll see how we get on with that one. Um, well, the thing is, they're going to have to spend some time sweeping the room for cameras beforehand. And, yeah, imagine. Um, yeah, but... is that your hand between my legs? Yeah, is that something? <laughs> Good, um, excellent. Good stuff. Uh, what else? You got much else going on with your dude or? Um, no, not really. I guess it's you know the the, the penguin continues. Um, good stuff. Um, you got a shout out on the ACP this week. Um, yeah, Dan was... which is nice to Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah good man. So, um, so I've almost finished the next book. I'm very very close to finishing the next book to the extent that I may run the Kickstarter this year. I know. I can hear your voice. You're tempted. You keep saying, "No, I'm not going to do it." Uh, thought bubble, but I, I don't know. We'll, see. well it, yeah. it, it's that. Or the, it, I'm going to have a book and a half done. <laughs> Right. Okay. I, yeah. 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 Um, but until I get around to doing it, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, I will tell you now. It will be called Master of Nine. Oh, nice. Okay. It's going to be the. It's going to be the the sixteenth book, but it's the Master of Nine. Oh. The, okay. The name of the book. Yeah. It's a typo because you know Jack Voltrees and a Master of Nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think. Does he mean like three stacked strips? That's what I was thinking. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I get you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Good stuff, man. Looking forward to it. Um, For those that are in the area of Coventry, I don't know why you would be, but in case you are, then uh, it's the Meanwhile Comic Convention this coming weekend. Um, Look for myself, Mr. 4P, and Adam Falpy, and we shall be in, I think we're in the Cathedral, I think. Um, We're we're there for tribute, and we've just been told we've got a double table, so that's quite cool. Um, So we'll be there, um, probably annoying people in the bar overnight. I know there's quite a few slack members etc who are going to be there so pop along and have a beer and come and say hello we will also have the uh drawn under the influence uh collection which i think did you get yours this week as well Gator, or... yeah it's very very pretty it yes. is good um, how professional um, does that look yeah yeah so um lots of interesting stories in there of different styles and um and content um is that the first time you um, and i yeah. have been in a comic together i'm thinking it probably isn't it uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh-huh. good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So go and get it for that reason. We'll have some on the tribute table. Um, I think Dave Hingley's going to have some on his table. And um, the Mighty Harris will be wandering about for a couple of hours on Saturday and most of Sunday with a big um, rucksack full of them. You can just sort of stop her, uh, proposition her, ask her how much, darling, and uh, she'll sell you a copy. Um, she'll be glad I said that. She'll be the one wearing the sex wellies. <laughs> sex wellies, still brilliant. See, Cliff did it again today. Sex keyboard, I think he said to her today on Twitter. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the, I'm in a WhatsApp group with her and Cliff, and it's, I don't know why she stays in it. It's just me and him, like, constantly. you got your sex wig on, Sarah. You're like, well, shut up. It's like that, you know, it's constant. It makes us laugh. Good stuff. Um, where can we find you online, dude? Um, just look for Pendgwin and any form of social media. Good stuff. You can find me at neverunanything.com or patreon.com forward slash tribute press. I made it through. I'm quite pleased with myself. Um, and 
you're back at the end of the month, aren't you? We've got that, we've got that other one to do. Good stuff. I need yep. to get on that one. Good. Um, next up, we have got... Um, I'm going to say it because uh, we've had to delay the episode because I was, I was in hospital. But um, we've got um, Peter David's Hulk Run, me and James McCulloch. That's coming at you soon, which is quite a fun man. one. Yeah, yeah, James is great. Both, both Hulk and James are both. <laughs> yeah, 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 who'd win in a fight? That's how we're going to open it. But yeah, good stuff. I love James. So that's good stuff. Thanks, man. And we'll have a chat after we say goodbye. See you soon. Mm-hmm.